0: Welcome again to the Let's Be Frank podcast, where home improvement legend and metal roofing expert Frank Farmer talks about how you can improve your sales and customer satisfaction and grow your metal roofing business. Let's Be Frank is brought to you by Metal Roofing Consultants, training successful metal roofers nationwide. Learn more at metalroofingconsultants.com and by Isaiah Industries, in the business of manufacturing the very best permanent roofing solutions for homes across North America and around the world. Learn more at IsaiahIndustries.com. On this edition of Let's Be Frank, we talk about Frank Farmer's background and how his success and the values he cultivated brought about the training programs now available through MRC. Let's get started. All right, so today, let's talk about how you got started in the metal roofing business.
1: You know, it's it's quite a quite a story. <clears throat> First of all, my, my background is uh, I grew up very poor grew up without anything, grew up in a rural area in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Figured out real soon that education was going to be my ticket away from poverty and uh, had a grandiose idea I would be a physician and and did actually go on through medical school and uh, got training as a physician. Uh, but I decided I did not want to practice. It wasn't something that I wanted to do as a career. Wow. What I had visualized wasn't real. Um, I didn't oh, so
0: when you actually got to practicing, it just wasn't what you thought?
1: Out, out doing rotations and realized I wasn't going to see a patient every seven and a half minutes. I'm a people person, and mm-hmm. I want to take some time with people and kind of help them understand their problems and help them.
0: Got it. So what was the next step then?
1: Well, after uh, <clears throat> after I decided that I wasn't going to practice... Um, I actually started a small business, an apartment locator service, for Mm -hmm. about two, two and a half years. And it was an idea that was way ahead of its time of cataloging apartments. This was way back in the early 1980s. We used Mm -hmm. Trash 80 computers. Um, And it was an idea that was way ahead of its time. And I looked good, and I smelled good, and I was broke. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and, and just just being totally brutally honest, I was like so many people that I meet that on the surface, you think they're doing really, really well, mm-hmm. and deep inside, they know they're just floundering.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And um, fr- from there, I had, a, I had a friend who was managing a um, an office for a window company, mm-hmm. and he came to me and said, I think you'd be a good salesperson, and I did not see myself as a salesperson. Okay. Uh, my uh, thought of a salesperson were they were slime bags. Hmm. I, I had a used car mentality tell you what you want to hear and I didn't want to be didn't yeah, and want he wants to it. do
0: that yeah exactly
1: no. so um, I went to I went to work um, for that company after he showed me what he had made mm-hmm. and I knew I was better than him mm-hmm. and uh, so my career started in the in the early 19 early 1986 and um, from there I I caught on very rapidly um, after my first thirty presentations, I went O for thirty. Oh, didn't, didn't sell anything. Okay. And then I really started to realize that I better pay attention to a system, and I started really understanding it wasn't about the salesperson; it was about the system mm-hmm. and where the customer was at. And then, and then I started doing real well. I rapidly moved up in sales ranks. Uh, I became a top ten salesperson in the United States, actually, in my first year. Wow. Um, Second year, uh, I was tapped by the end of the year to become uh, do some training for the company. All right, and uh, within short order, within a few years, quite honestly, I was running half of the state of Michigan, um, growing salespeople and growing sales offices. Eventually, end up taking over uh, as sales manager for the entire company, Mm. and then as uh, vice president, running the company, and we are about a twenty million dollar company. So, what happened there? I always thought I was going to own part of that company. That's what the owner told me. You're going to own own this company when I'm done. But that's not what turned out to happen Mm -hmm. as other family got involved and uh, they ended up with it. and um, I stayed around for a little while and uh, left and started American Metal Roofs in 1999.
0: Okay. Okay. So American Metal Roofs starts in Michigan in 1999. What did you take from what you've learned? In your in your past with the window company, forward then into into American.
1: What was important is systems. I was starting a, a new venture with American Metal Roofs. So I was starting and uh, moving into an industry that did not understand selling at all. Mm-hmm. Um, this industry, metal roofing, is known as the industry with chucking the trucks, mm-hmm. uh, guys with little roll formers out, no real systems, all selling uh, based on commodity pricing, mm-hmm. competing in, um, on price. So I took those systems of examination, of presentation, and wrote the first presentation that this industry had ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I showed that it was possible to go out and do a one-call close on a $50,000 roof.
0: So since that time, metal roofing has really expanded. One of the things you've been, you've been talking about lately is how dissatisfied many uh, metal roofing customers are after they make their purchase.
1: What accounts for that? Well, what, what happens is that you have an uneducated consumer. Mm-hmm. You have a, a consumer that doesn't understand the difference between low-grade metal and mm-hmm. high-grade metal or uh, roofs that are made for barns versus mm-hmm. those that are made for houses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, the uneducated consumer gets taken advantage of by... Um, a contractor that wants to tell them whatever they want to hear, that slime ball I told you about yeah, that I did yeah, yeah. not want to be, okay. uh, the industry's full of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, many many people selling metal don't even know that a barn metal roof is not supposed to go on a house. So they, they don't know that,
0: that. that becomes a mission then for uh, for MRC. Um, as metal roofing consultants as you founded that organization and uh, in a way to sort of combat all
1: of that yes, it it was probably, well it wasn't long after we were recognized by Inc. Magazine in 2007 Mm -hmm. as one of the fastest growing construction companies out there and we started gaining some notoriety uh, and people were coming to us wanting to know about our systems. How could we teach salespeople? How could salespeople do $10,000 net per lead? Uh, for every issued lead, they're averaging $10,000 in sales. Sure. And, so these systems that are so vital, we started helping people with. But you're, you're correct, Jim. Uh, MRC, Metal Roofing Consultants, is really more than teaching salespeople. It's about helping define an industry help them find bearings of what is and what isn't, um, clear up some confusion. We also work with some manufacturers and help them. But to educate everybody on what should be done to a home and what shouldn't be done to a home and staying ethical and, uh, and true yourself.
0: So what do you say to those that look at your success and say, ah, they're just lucky, right place, right time?
1: <clears throat> you know, I, I've heard that a lot. Um, And I can't I can't say that I haven't had a good amount of luck. People think uh, though that luck is something that happens to you randomly. Um, When I think of luck that way, I think you you might as well go buy a lotto ticket. (laughs) But that's not the kind of luck that I've experienced. Um, I believe if you want luck in your life, there's a few things you need to do, and that you can truly manufacture luck. And um, I tend to have a lot of good luck. And it's really, Jim, because I, I, I've recognized to do three things. Okay, And the first one is, is, no matter who I'm working with, I try to put them first. Mm-hmm. In other words, if I can help you, you truly be successful, and make you the center of the universe, and help you, then we're all going to benefit. You see, I can't always expect that things are going to go flow positively to me. Sure. Sure. But you know when you help somebody, genuinely help them from mm-hmm. your heart, you get a good glow inside of you, you get a feeling inside mm-hmm. of you like that's you know an adrenaline high mm-hmm. when you're helping other people become successful. And I found that things good things just start to happen to me and I get good luck when I help other people. So first thing is I help try to help create Good luck for other people by making them the center of the of the relationship. Sure. Okay. Now people people constantly will say, "Well, you're you're fortunate." Um, I tend to believe that good fortune or good luck um, you create, but you meet it halfway. Mm. And let me explain. What I mean is, when when I do a project, I go full throttle, one hundred percent, all in. And it's it's not good enough just to have a big dream or visualize. Or I'll talk to sometimes salespeople and they've got big grandiose goals or business owners. They're going to achieve this. They'll sure. triple the business this year. Mm-hmm. And and for the most part, they don't understand the amount of work that's going to take. Yeah. To be there. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I work hard, full throttle, and I'm passionate about it. Luck seems to come my way, and when and because I, I'm positive and there's activity uh, that that's going on. Okay, the the last thing I, I mentioned is is positive. I believe good luck comes to those people who are positive. Whiners keep getting fortune taken away.
0: Yeah.
1: In other words, we've all met that person when you sit down and have a conversation and you're, you're talking about and you're moving ahead and you're excited. Mm. Um, and they want to sit and tell you their good luck story. Okay? Yeah. Sounds yeah. like a country song. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I've, I've heard people say, you know, that's the story of my life as they're talking. Sure. But sure. they painted a negative picture. Mm-hmm. Well, how about we paint a positive picture? as the story of our life. yeah, The cloud follows some people around quite a bit.
0: So these values inform then everything from your training process, your sales process that you've
1: designed, this is sort of the core of it. Exactly. When the moral compass inside of you is right, mm-hmm. okay, and you're positive, and you put the hard work to understand the whole process, the world's in front of you. It becomes, it becomes a fortune. It mm-hmm. truly does. Mm-hmm. You, you, set, you set sail to your own destiny when you do those things.
0: A lot of positivity, a lot of good values, a lot of uh, certainly positive energy in what you're, you're training and in, in wh- how you're working with your customers. But what about when something bad happens?
1: Something unexpected. Happens to me all the time. Um, and as I said earlier, you can't always expect good fortune and luck to come your way. But sometimes when those bad things happen, you just need to stop and take, take a look at it and understand that whatever is thrown your way in life, you have to look for the silver lining. Mm. There has to be a lesson that's learned. There has to be a reason that maybe some of that bad luck came your way. Did you sacrifice your value system? Did you really do things that you weren't supposed to be doing? And I'm not saying you're getting punished. Mm -hmm. Not at all. But sometimes we set up those unfortunate things by not making right decisions earlier. I have to ask myself this. Every time something negative happens, what can I learn from this? How can we take this situation now and come out the other side of it and be better, and be stronger. Mm-hmm. Many times, it takes self-reflection to do that.
0: Sure, sure, because you don't want to find yourself in those patterns where you're repeating negative stuff. I mean, if you learn from it, hopefully that can that can cause change to come about. When you're working with others, do you find that they have a lot of sort of negative stories, negative energy? Yes, I do.
1: More than I'd like to to admit. I'm going to say it is probably the number one thing that holds people back because they, they will start down a path and they start down a path of self-sabotage instead of instead of learning. Many people uh, don't understand what they're doing to themselves. They start telling me about their unfortunate circumstances that have held them back in life. And really when you sit back and listen to it, what they're doing is they're justifying their lack of success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they sure. don't have the ability to say, hey, it's me. Mm-hmm. And at some point we have to say, hey, it's me. It's yeah. doing this. Yeah. How do we get past this? And so sometimes it's helping them with that. I tell people that one of the most important things is to let go of those negative stories mm-hmm. because it doesn't do any good to recant something bad that happened to you. Mm-hmm. I can remember years and years ago when I first started in sales. Um, I think it was my second year and I had bought a new house on a, on a lake mm-hmm. and the dam of that lake broke and the dam emptied. And I went from being a top performer to being a bottom performer in thirty days really and what i what I was doing and not even realizing I was doing it, and a lot of people do this is because that consumed my life mm-hmm. i had the I had the house the everybody dreamed of on this lake that was suddenly gone, so I would start talking to a customer and it would weave into the conversation where I lived and say, oh, isn't that the place that lost the lake? Yes, and I'd give my hard luck story. It set the tone for a downer. Mm-hmm. And I don't—I can't tell you why I felt comfortable doing that. I can just say, I did it and it hurt me a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a great example for people to understand. You can't carry around those negative stories.
0: A lot of times, you get encouraged. There, There tends to be almost like some momentum When a negative story comes out, people then share theirs. And all of a sudden, things
1: have gone in a different direction. In a really bad direction, because emotion is what creates sales. Mm -hmm. When you drag somebody into a pit, it's hard to get them emotionally excited about this product Mm -hmm. in the next hour. Mm -hmm. You're having to do a 180 Mm -hmm. on them. The, The stories that we tell keep us mentally trapped in the past. They do. Sure. And we we have to break loose of that. And so that, that is a that's a decision I ask people to make. I remember I had to say to myself and ask myself the question, am I willing to give up the hard luck stories? Mm-hmm. Am I willing to quit talking about myself? Mm-hmm. They don't care my car blew up. They don't care my damn is gone. Okay? Yeah. They want positives. So putting a customer in a negative mindset just hurts us. And you're right, the easiest way to, to talk about ourselves is we talk about it in an in a in a negative way. Our negative stories defined us in a grand way to yeah. the customer. Yeah. Our positive stories move us towards a sale.
0: Yeah, I've heard that if you don't get your uh, past out of your future. You're just going to keep getting repetitions of your past over and over again.
1: Exactly. So, you know when I when I talk about luck, um, I have to acknowledge, yes, there's luck, mm-hmm. but it really is meant. I got luck here when I changed myself personally and put my mm-hmm. my efforts into my customers and the people I was dealing with, mm-hmm. and uh, quit talking about myself and put some hard work with it.
0: So this this sounds like it's really sort of your passion. You're 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 the center of of what you're doing is uh, not only living this out, but training it, sharing
1: it. Um, It is. So the sales process is developed so that it is totally customer centric and it is not about a salesperson at all. Mm-hmm. We give them zero opportunity to talk about themselves so they don't fall into these bad habits. Yeah, so yeah. when we help them go through a sales training, it's really a cleansing process they go through. Mm-hmm. Also, And when they get out and start doing presentations and they tape themselves and they listen back, they'll realize how much they're talking about themselves and it's not good.
0: Okay, and all of this is part of what you deliver in uh, metal roofing consultants working with companies.
1: That is correct, not only with uh, with owners, but working with salespeople.
0: And we'll end this edition of Let's Be Frank right there. Thanks for listening. Let's Be Frank is sponsored by Isaiah Industries, in the business of manufacturing the very best permanent roofing solutions for homes across North America and around the world. Learn more at IsaiahIndustries.com. Let's Be Frank is a production of Metal Roofing Consultants, training successful metal roofers nationwide. Learn more at MetalRoofingConsultants.com.